every gathering with that approach. Really. Sometimes sometimes we can put a lot of pressure on the one that's leading praise or the, the people that are leading in worship or we can put pressure on whoever may be speaking. And there's responsibility. But do you understand what happens when we come together and we do, by His grace, everything we can to get everything else aside and we, in unity, focus on Him. Him alone. Worshiping Him, seeking His face, His will, His word, His just whatever you want to do, God. Amen? This is... This has been a prayer of mine, and I believe the Lord is answering it. I really, really do. Um, some of you remember that we're here a couple of Sundays ago. Uh, such a rich spirit of worship where the Lord met with us, and Bishop and I both spoke for a few minutes. I think it was the Sunday right after Thanksgiving, if I remember right. And there was such an, a spirit of worship, um, much like what we feel here tonight. There was a unity that Sunday morning. And the, the worship was so pure. And there was such a richness of his presence and Sister Schoonover spoke to me after service, and uh, I had been praying, and I had shared, there's, there's some of you, quite a few of you, I had shared a short, well, maybe it wasn't short, um, that's relative, I guess. Um, I had shared with you some ministry by Sister Nona Freeman, and she talked about unity and what brought unity and revival. And um, she spoke of a, a dream that she had had, or a visitation, actually a visitation she had had from an angel. And it had stayed with me, and I, I'd, I'd read it. I'd, I'd read to some of those that are part of the, the Mattawa team. And it, I'd been praying that weekend going into that service that Sunday, Lord, I believe what she has written and spoken, I believe that happened. I believe you sent an angel and it spoke those things. But I don't believe it was just for her. Hence the reason it has been shared by her. And you brought it to us at this time. And Lord, I... I want to enter into that. I can't produce it. I can't strong arm it. It's a willingness like is experienced here tonight. Well, so I'd prayed that way and spent time talking to the Lord about that going into that service the day before. Anyway, she spoke in her, in the recounting of that experience, she spoke of 
of seeing someone minister and the way the Lord allowed her to visualize, see visually what was taking place is he, he caused the outflow of the Spirit of God to become visible strands of light so that she could see it. And she saw a man preaching. And when he was preaching out of his mouth and every time he would move his hands, there would be these streams of light that would go out as his words and his hands moved and would go into the congregation and it would begin to connect and people would begin to respond and worship. And as they worshiped, out of them would flow streams of light and as the Spirit of God was emanating into and through them. But then she saw that as the body worshipped, that those streams of light left the building. And there were people outside walking on the sidewalk. And she described someone she saw and how those streams of the Spirit of the Lord reached and touched them. And they were drawn and broken and people went out of the building and found her, this person in her, that she was showing it was a lady began to pray with her, and she came in, and God filled people with the Spirit. So I, I, I just share that to tell you, I, you know, there, there's a hunger. I, I believe that. I believe God, and I've prayed many times that the Spirit of the Lord would reach beyond these walls, not just in our going, but I believe in the Spirit of the Lord transmitting. There's times where we have ministered that, I believe the ministry is for those that may be present, but there's times where I know I have to minister things just because I have to speak it into the air. I can't explain that right now. We don't have time, but I, I just know I've got to utter the words. And uh, anyway, so that Sunday morning that I referenced a few weeks ago, and if you watched, uh, I, know, I, mean, I know many of you go and you watch the 11 o'clock service when we were doing two, and or and I know many of you also go and tag into the Union Gap service or the 3 p.m. service that's here now sometimes. Sister Schoonover actually spoke about her experience that she had shared with me from that 9 o'clock service that morning. She testified of it in the Union Gap gathering at 3 o'clock that afternoon. But I want to recount it to you to build your faith but also encourage us to come in unity. She stood right over here. She said, Brother Hart, she had got a text. You heard Bishop mention, and we prayed about a situation. They'd heard, but she said, I prayed all I could pray about that, and I felt like the Lord, I just, I just set it aside and enter back into the worship that was so beautiful here. And so she spoke of entering back into worship, and she was quick to point out, I don't see stuff, but I saw stuff. And she was being modest, as she always is, and she expressed she saw like a large giant teardrop the shape and as the people were worshiping she said the worship was going and filling it up this large teardrop shape like the way I understood it, it was like large teardrop shape that almost filled the room and the worship was going into it and it was going up to the Lord but not only was it going up then it was going out and she said she saw it going out to the valleys and reaching out. And I, I thought, well, 
that was for nobody else. Sometimes the Lord answers prayer really quick. I don't want a one-time experience. Hear me. Every one of us that commit ourselves to the kingdom of God. When we enter in to a gathering together, whether here, whether Mattawa, whether in a home, right? The scripture, when two or three gather together in my name, I am in the midst of them. That's a sobering thought, a powerful thought. But if we will purpose to enter in together, whenever we're coming together, whenever, with unity, how do we do that? We make him our focus. If we'll purpose to do that, the spirit of the Lord begins to flow and minister like that and like we have experienced here in just a few minutes. And he does the work in hearts and lives that only he can do. As we were worshiping a while ago, I felt healing moving through this room. Felt the healer moving through this room. We didn't produce that. We didn't spend an hour sermonizing about it. We simply began to worship him in unity. And the scripture is clear. When we come together and dwell in unity, the Lord commands a blessing in that place. Psalm 133. It takes every one of us agreeing together. Amen? Thank you for your agreeing together tonight. We are all benefactors, and I believe our spirits are tender right now. And so I am looking forward to the word of the Lord, aren't you? I'm asking Brother Reuben to come. He's going to minister to us. Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful presence of the Lord. That's, I remember I remember my earlier walk. You know, I, as I was worshiping, I was just remembering some things in my earlier walk. And, you know, people would tell you, you know, just, just stick with it and the Lord will heal, you know, wounds. Or just stick with it and the Lord will save, you know, your household or, you know, and people would always mention that to me. Just, you know, just stick with it. The Lord will do that. You know, he's he's faithful. And it's, you know, as a new believer, it was hard for me to believe those things because I've never, I don't ever remember seeing any of that. I don't remember witnessing any of that growing up. And so it was it was hard for me to to accept that and believe that, and it's, you know, um, and this is, it's funny that we're talking about this, because, you know, the Lord brought, this is just between my wife and me, you know, and this is for my kids, you know, there's certain words that they're not allowed to say, 
you know, um, as a parent, I'm sure you know, you know, what words those are, you know, and I'm going to tell on them, but one, one word they can't say or use is dumb or stupid, you know, and, you know, they're just, there's some things that they're just not allowed to say, and, you know, I've been, I've been reading the word, and the Lord's been dealing with me about the words that I say, and there's one specific word that I that I said, and he, man, I just felt him talk to my spirit, and he told me, why would you say that? You know, uh, I don't know if you ever used this word, but I've always said, man, that was unbelievable. You know, God's done something, and man, that was, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe he would, you know, and why would, I remember him pricking my heart, why would you say that? Do you not believe that I can do that? Why would you use that word? And this was a couple months ago, but I was just standing there praying, remembering that he pricked me about that word. Why would I use that word unbelievable? Right? That hinders what God is willing to do already. Right? Because if we say that's unbelievable, we're not believing that he can do those things. And it, it, it really it pricked my heart when, when I said that. And it brought me to a place of, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I know that you're able to do, right? The Bible says he's able to do exceeding abundant above all. So why would I use that word? That was unbelievable. You know, that might not be for anybody else but for me. But, you know, he, he checked me. You know, he checked my spirit. And um, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you. And these were just, they, they spoke to me when I was, uh, when I was reading through them, we're going to go to the book of uh, Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 6. And I know we've, we've heard this story before, you know, and I, I've talked to a couple men about it, and the Lord has been dealing with me about unbelief. You know, it's one of our biggest, well, it's one of my biggest downfalls sometimes, right? We... We say that God can do this, and, you know, God's willing to do this, but, man, it's, you know, I'm human, and sometimes it's hard to believe those things, that God can do those things, right? And it's hard to believe that God can heal the blind, you know, when I haven't seen it personally, but the Word says, right? If the Word says, that should be enough, right? But we're human, and we struggle with those things. Uh, Mark, and chapter 6. Chapter 6, I think that was, uh, let's go to chapter 9, sorry, Mark 9, and uh, verse 17, and one of the multitudes answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which had a dumb spirit. And whithersoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pinneth away, and I spake unto thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And, you know, I, I hear the, 
the tone of the Lord saying, you know, I, I was so long with you and you still can't do these things. Oh, faithless generation, you've seen all these things happening and you still can't walk in what you've seen. And I, I just hear the tone of the Lord just a little, a little aggressive towards them saying, how could you not do these things? You've seen and I've done and I've showed you, I've instructed you and yet you cannot do. Oh, faithless generation, he calls them. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit teared him and fell on the ground and wellowed and foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child, and oftentimes had cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And straightway the father of the child cried and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And we know that the root there is belief, believing in what we can't see sometimes. You know, and the, the man said, Lord, I, I believe. You know, help my unbelief. I I hear the cry of a father saying, you know, Lord, I, I, I've heard these things, and now it's, it's my turn. You know, I'm coming to you with this issue now. Help my unbelief. I want to see this happen. He said, help me. Help my unbelief. And that was, that was, <laughs> that's been my prayer the last couple weeks is, you know, since the Lord brought that back to, to my memory is, you know, Lord, help my unbelief, you know, and like I said, we're human, and it doesn't matter how, how long you've been in the church. You know, unbelief is going to come sometimes, right, when you're praying for something and you're seeking God for something and it still hasn't happened yet. You know, and year after year, month after month, sometimes it goes by and it still hasn't happened yet. And faith sometimes starts, if I can say, starts to dwindle for that situation because you have not seen yet. And I myself have been finding myself crying, Lord, help my unbelief. I've been praying for this situation for X amount of years, and I still haven't seen it. Help me. Help my faith stay strong, Lord. And I hear the cry of the Father saying, help my unbelief. I waited this long, and do not let unbelief rob my faith. I know that you can do. I've heard the things that you've done. Help me. Teach me to believe and what you can do, and it's, it's important that, you know, unbelief comes when, you know, in personal experience, unbelief comes when you're not in the word, and you're not, you know, you're not in prayer, you know, the enemy is, comes, and it's easy for him to take you out of the way and move you, right, because you're not in the word, you're not in prayer, so when a situation arises, you have no, nowhere to stand, you know, and the winds come and they blow and trials come and seasons come and all those things. But if you're not in the word, you know, I'm not going to tip this pulpit over, but you can tip this pulpit over because it has no solid foundation. It hasn't been in the word. It hasn't been in prayer. But it also is the difference, right? When I'm in the word, when I'm in prayer, when I'm seeking God, those things come, issues of life come and they just go right over me. I know that they're there, but I don't dwell on that. I know who my God is, 
right? There's pros and cons to being in the word. If you're in the word, you won't be moved. Things are going to come and nothing's going to happen, right? You know where to go to. You know the source. Man, Lord, help my unbelief, he was crying. Help my unbelief, you know, and I've heard it said before, you know, when, when we, you know, when we say, you know, that was unbelievable, we, we stop and we hinder the flow of God, you know, because automatically those things that we're saying is, man, we, I can't believe God can do that. I don't believe God can do that. It's the lack of faith. And th- like I said, I, this might just be for me, but man, that word just been stirring in my heart, you know, unbelief. You know, can you not believe that I can do those things? Do you not believe that I can heal the blind? Do you not believe that I can deliver you from your situation? The way that you speak matters, you know, and uh, we try to, we try to, you know, teach our, our kids, you know, what you say out of your mouth is important, you know, and it matters, you know, and sometimes I gotta, I feel the Lord correcting me as I, as I correct them, you know, I, I do it, but I also do it in love. Tell him those things that you say affect your circumstance, your situation, right? And so it is with the things of God too. You know, whether you say, "Man, this is man, this is just too hard." Nothing's too hard for God. For us, it might be, but if we're in the Word, nothing is too hard for God, right? Help our unbelief, Lord. Um, we're gonna go to the uh, Mark six. I think a chapter back. Thought I had the I lost the scripture there. You know, um unbelief is is most of the time the root of all our our problems, knowing that God can do those things and the lack of our faith sometimes stops him from doing those things, right? When you read the word and you read all the stories in the Bible, they're not just good stories, but they're ha- they happen. You know, all these, all these, we've heard it, we've heard it said, you know, all these men, they were human, you know, and they, I'm sure they're, they weren't, they weren't perfect, you know, and they struggled with those things. You know, that's why the Lord, he, he said, oh, faithless generation, you know, they've have heard, they heard some things, they've seen some things. And that's why he told him, have I been so long with you and you still don't believe? You know, it's, it's a very, you know, uh, sobering thing to, to walk with the Lord. And then, you know, I'm guilty X amount of years and still lack, you know, faith sometimes. And, you know, the Lord's helping me, you know, with those things. Um, and so I had another scripture here, but I. But I lost it. But I, I just, you know, I, I just wanted to share my heart with you guys what the Lord's been dealing. You know, I, some, most of the time he just talks to me and I listen and I try to read in the word. And, you know, I, 
it's life lessons, you know, personally for me, it's sometimes just more than life lessons. It's, you know, he, he, he's helping me understand some things, you know, I, and I, I, I know that, you know, this, this journey that we're in and these seasons that we're coming into, you know, I, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm trying to purge some things out, you know, and I know unbelief for me is one of the biggest things. Well, I haven't seen until I see, then maybe I'll believe it. You know, and I, I know a lot of people like that, you know, and at my job, well, you know, it's not true. I haven't seen it. So it's just, it, it, can't, it can be true. But my God, I know my God. I know what he can do. I know what he's done for me, right? And, and the Lord's been dealing with me. Just help my unbelief. Let me see, Lord, that you're able to do those things. You know, see, seasons come and, you know, that's, I know I'm, I hope I'm not just ranting up here, but, you know, when I was, when I was standing there, you know, I, I was I was thinking of seasons, you know, the word seasons came in, came into my spirit. And as we know, we're, you know, we're in December. I'm not, I'm not a Grinch, I, I promise you, <laughs> but I, I don't like the snow. I, I, you know, I, I don't like anything about it, you know, and, but, you know, my favorite is fall, <laughs> you know, I, but seasons came into my spirit. And, you know, I, I grew up working in, you know, agriculture. And as we know, pruning's around the corner, you know. And these trees that are out here all bare with no leaves anymore are going to start getting cut down. Some branches are going to get cut down, maybe even the whole tree, you know. And they're going to prune. And if you're not, you know, most of us are aware. But those that come from out of town, sometimes they see it. It's like, what's going on? They're just chopping these trees down. They're cutting some branches off. And they look. You know, that sometimes the trees, they don't look very pretty, you know. But we don't understand what's going to take place in the spring when they start growing leaves, growing flowers and budding, right? There's a process that happens, right, when we cut some things off, right? And during this season, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to cut some things off, you know. And the Lord's been dealing with me about what I'm allowing in my spirit with those things that I'm that I'm entertaining, just things that don't even matter. And I'm allowing it to consume my time. And the season that I'm in, I'm, I want to be more aware of the things of God. I want to hear the voice of God. And just like those trees, they're in a season where they're getting pruned, they're getting some things taken out. But, man, they're going to be beautiful in the springtime, right? Don't despise the seasons that we're in also. It's... It's for a building process. You know, it's, like I said, sometimes it's hard to see the end when you're in the season. You know, I, I, I remember, I, I mean, I've gone through a couple of seasons. I'm sure you all have as well. You know, and sometimes I, I'm thinking, man, if it wasn't for the Lord, that season I would have never came out victorious. I would have never came out victorious if it wasn't for God. And... I'm, I'm thankful for the season they shape you and they mold you, you know, and, and it's easy for, for us to depart when the season comes and it gets hard, and it's hard for us to stay with it sometimes because we see no end. Our lack of faith sometimes, seeing the end in the season, you know, it's, it's hard. The Lord will help us through, through season. Don't despise the season, whatever season you're in. You know, if it's a pruning process, 
you know, stay in the process. Allow the Lord to take those things out of your heart. Allow him to cut some things off in the season you're in. And if you're in the mountaintop, you know, the Bible says, pray for your brother, love one another, come with your brother, help him, strengthen him. You know, we all have seasons and, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful for, for where I'm at. But, you know, I, I've also been, been praying, Lord, help my unbelief. You know, I, I'm still kind of wrestling with those things in my spirit, you know, I, but I got to allow him to do what he wants to do in me. You know, I, I can't be who he wants me to be if I'm allowing those things to overtake my mind sometimes. And they do. They consume my mind. You know, my, my thoughts sometimes, they, they consume me and they bring doubt and question. And, but I got to stay in the word, stay in prayer. I need to know that he is my salvation, my rock that he would help me, and Lord, help my unbelief. And I, like I said, I, I heard the cry of the Father when I read this, and I heard, you know, the, I don't know if you ever read the word, and it, it pricks your spirit sometimes, you know, to the point of, you know, I, I read it, and I wept, and I heard the Father say, Lord, help me. I know that you can do these things, but help my unbelief. Forgive me if I've doubted that you can do these things. Teach me. To believe that you're able to do all these things. Help my unbelief. And if, if I can leave you with those two things is, you know, have the Lord help us with our unbelief. And, you know, don't, I know it's kind of two different things, but, you know, don't despise the season that we're in also. You know, it is important. It is for the, for the building process and the edifying of the body. You know, sometimes it's easy to single ourselves out, like I'm the only one going through this. It doesn't affect nobody, but the body knows. The body knows. Amen. And two simple things, I, I, but the Lord has been talking to me about that, and I hope I've expressed my, my heart to you, and I'm thankful for allowing me to share with you all. Amen. I'd like us to pray right now where you're at. Could we make that our prayer? Lord, help my unbelief. If there's any element in my life that would doubt what you can do, what you will do, what you're able and willing to do, Lord. Father, we bring our unbelief to you. You know our frame. We receive of your word, God. Our confidence is in your word. Our confidence is in you. You are God, and nothing is too hard for you. With you, all things are possible. I believe, Father. I stand on your word. I stand on your word. Father, I do not walk by sight, but by faith. I stand on your word, not the circumstances, but your word. You are greater than the circumstances. Even the wind and the waves have to obey you, Lord. I trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in you. I, Brother Reuben paused or he 
left off reading at a certain point there in that historical account of the father and his son. Most of you know the rest of the story. I won't read it, but you can go read it or you know it there in Mark 9. Jesus, of course, helped him and spoke to the dumb and deaf spirit and said, come out. And the boy was delivered. And afterward, his disciples asked him the question, right? Lord, why couldn't we do this? Right? And Jesus responded to them, didn't he? And he gave them a reason. And his reason was this kind can come forth by what? Nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now, I have, I have wrestled with that verse. I'll just be real with you. I have wrestled with that verse. I'm going to tell you a reason why I've wrestled with it in some ways. Is I'm like, okay, how much do you have to pray and fast to deal with different things to come out? Like, how do they know if you've prayed and fasted or not? <laughs> or do they? Is it something? Do I... And so I'm like, well, I don't believe that he operates through works. So that's why I've, so I've, I've wrestled to. And, and the reality is in, in, my, in my life, God has, uh, I have witnessed and, and been used of God in the casting out of devils. I've seen that happen. We've witnessed that. Um. And I won't take the time to tell you a story, but one that's very clear in my, my life from when we prayed with a young man and three spirits came out. And when I reflect on that at times reading the scripture, I'm like, I hadn't been, I mean, I'd been praying, but I don't know that I'd been spending a lot of time fasting. And so I'm like, okay, were those like the no need to fast devils or I'm I, I'm I, obviously I know that's sort of humorous. I'm I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just trying to be real, right? These, I, we, it's okay to ask questions about the word. We need to, and so I'm, and and I feel like the Lord has helped me with this. He wasn't saying that you pray and fast to get devils to come out. Why could the disciples not cast out the devil out of the boy? Why? Unbelief. The issue wasn't the authority of Christ over the devils. The issue was getting something cast out of them so that they could operate in the authority of God. And what had to get out of them was unbelief. This kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. Brother Reuben said, you got to be in prayer. You got to be in the word to deal with unbelief. Prayer, word, and fasting takes us from a place of unbelief to belief. He wasn't. Tell him to pray and fast to get to the point. Okay, I've prayed and fasted enough. Now I have authority over devils. No, no, you've prayed and fasted enough. You've got alone with God. You've got 
You've crucified your flesh. You're now in tune in fellowship with the Spirit. Unbelief is no longer there inhibiting the ability of God to work through you. Unbelief goes out by prayer and fasting. Now watch. And I'm going to hurry up and finish. I'm not, I so appreciate what, if I, if I would have set things up, then it, I would have uh, asked somebody to talk about unbelief, but I didn't set that up, but I'm glad that Brother Ruben did. Luke, I just want you to see this. Luke chapter 18. You know this story, right? Luke 18, verse 1. Jesus spoke a parable to them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then he, he shares the parable around that concept, right? The parable is about praying without fainting. Fainting is to relax, to stop, to give up. So this is what his parable is about. Praying without fainting. There was in a city a judge who feared not God, didn't regard man. Keep going. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him and said, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I don't fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And we're thinking, okay, Jesus said this is about praying without fainting. Right? What's the woman doing? She just keeps coming. She's praying without fainting. She's coming. Now, the Lord said in verse 6, Hear what the unjust judge says. The Lord was saying, I'm going to show you a principle of the kingdom. But this principle is so ingrained in the kingdom that the story I'm going to use is of a man that doesn't fear God and has no regard for man. But that's how much this principle matters. And then we've got a widow, no one to plead her case. That, you understand, her being a widow no longer has a husband. The husband couldn't go to the judge and plead her case for her. She is, it would seem, helpless. But she went to an unjust She just kept coming. So Jesus said, hear what the unjust... Notice, he didn't say, look what the widow did. He said, hear what the judge said. What did the judge say? Well, you just read it. Go backwards. Because I need you to see what the unjust judge said. Because that's what Jesus said we're supposed to be paying attention to. Go back to verse 5. He said within himself, though I don't fear God or regard man. Next verse. Because she troubles me. That word trouble, she just keeps coming. Because she does this, I will avenge her. Because she keeps coming, I'm going to answer. That's a principle. Now, now go to verse 7. 
And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night to him, though he bear long with them? Next verse. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Now, watch. We just saw it in verse 7 and verse 8, and I'm finishing right here. In verse 7, it says, Will not God avenge, though he bears long with them? You got this situation that you've just been praying about and praying about and praying about, and nothing's changing, nothing's happening. Years have passed. For some of you, a few days, and you're like, I don't even know why I'm going to keep praying. You've heard me say it before. I've got things I've been praying about for more than 35 years. I'm not stopping. I know he hears me. I know he can answer. I know he wants to answer. I have his word to stand on, Brother Reuben. I believe his word, even though the circumstances look totally contrary. I believe the word. The word is greater than circumstances. And so I just keep coming. And I just keep coming. And so he bears long with them. But notice what happens. He says, I tell you, I will avenge them speedily. You know what that means? You may just keep coming. And it may seem like, it may be, not just seem like, it may be that weeks, months, years have gone by. But there comes a point when the Lord says, now. And when he says, now, it's speedily. There is a sudden shift and a change. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now for somebody. There is a sudden shift and change because the Lord said, I've bared long and they've continued. Now. Notice, stand with me. Notice how the Lord Jesus finishes that verse. Remember, he, he told the parable that men ought always to pray and not faint. This is why I'm telling you this. This is the example I'm giving you. And then he asked the question following this parable. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith? Will people still believe? When I return, will people still have faith? When I come, will they still be believing? Some won't. Some said, He's you've been saying for years he was coming. He's never come. Noah, you've been saying for years it's going to rain. It hasn't rained. Why are you still building that boat, Noah? You've been saying for years, nothing's happened. 
Why are you still being faithful to the house of God and the things of God? Come on, I know the voices that come. Why do you continue to prioritize the kingdom and the things of God in your life? Some of these situations in your life still haven't changed. Why do you keep? I know. I know it hasn't changed yet, but he hears me. And if he's delaying, I don't know why, but I trust him and I'm coming again and I'm praying again because, Brother Reuben, I'm not giving in to unbelief. I'm not giving in to unbelief. I'm praying for my child again. I'm praying for that lost loved one again. I'm praying about that sickness again. I'm praying for my marriage again. I'm praying again. I'm praying again. I'm praying again. I'm praying again. Why? Because I hope? No, no, no. Because I believe he hears me. I believe he'll answer. I don't know why he hasn't yet, but it doesn't change the fact that I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. In the name of Jesus, come on, talk with him. Why don't you, one more time, ask him. Come on, that widow kept coming. How about you get a resolve and I get a resolve in my spirit tonight. Lord, I believe maybe, maybe unbelief crept in. Maybe unbelief got a place in my heart or my mind and I let it turn over and I entertained it and I just gave in before I knew what even happened. But God, I pray tonight by your word, a rekindling of faith, and I come back again. Maybe I haven't asked in a while, but God, I'm just telling you, I'm going to start asking again. I'm going to keep coming again because I believe I have renewed faith because of your word. And I do know you're able. I do know you're willing. I do know you can. I do know it's possible with you. I come again, Lord. I come again, Lord. I come in faith. I come believing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, speak to the mountain. Come on, speak to the mountain. Speak to the situation again. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, he hears you. He hears you. In some situations, spiritual things are withstanding the answer, just like we read in Daniel's book, where the prince of Persia withstood the answer that the Lord had already sent. So what do you do? You just keep praying until there's a breakthrough. You pray until there's a breakthrough. God, I may have doubted. Forgive me. Release me of that doubt. I lay hold on faith again. I lay hold on faith again. This is why we have to speak. Like Brother Reuben said, we got to open our mouth. 
Life and death are in the tongue. So I speak the words of faith. I speak the words of faith. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Paul said, I believe and therefore I have spoken. I believe and therefore I have spoken. Come on, there's some of you in this room right now. You want to declare some things in faith, but you're afraid to say it because what if nothing happens? Come on, you got to press through in belief. Say, Lord, I believe. I believe what your word says. I believe you're my healer. I believe you are a restorer. I believe you are a deliverer. And so I pray these things over the situation. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we will be a praying people. We will be a praying people. We will be a praying people, Father, not just prayers for self and our things, but we will come before the throne of God praying the kingdom. We'll come praying for these valleys. We'll come praying to see the captives set free. We'll come praying until we see blinded eyes open literally and spiritually. We'll continue coming, Lord. We know you're working, but there's greater work yet to be done. And we pray in faith, believing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, when you come, you'll find faith here. When you come, you'll find faith among us. When you come, you'll see we still believe, Father. Hitaman.